Okay, you're watching Real America's Voice uh, live coverage of the RNC debate out in Dana Point, California. Stephen K. Bannon, War Room. We're going to let you guys watch it. Joe Ken and I will be here afterwards. To the victims down there, and we went through a Hispanic community. They had lost everything. It was like going through a river. The road was here, and two dikes on each side of all their physical possessions out there. And we were talking. We even had an interpreter, and they were ta- they were. I, every one of them was talking about, hey, have we lost our freedoms? They were afraid of losing our country. All of them. And they're going, and they were all going to, you know, they, they understood that, that this all manifested their freedoms being taken from what's in power right now. And here's people that had lost all their physical possessions, but they're worried about the American dream. They're worried about, they know they can get those back. If there, if we have our, if we still have our freedoms and the right people are in charge in, in, of our politics. And, but my point being is that you asked if, uh, you know, what to get those communities, how do we get to them? It is marketing because you know what? We have the a time in history where it should be so easy because no one, everything that's manifested what's going on right now, nobody wants that. This has united our country, the people, like nothing in history, where everyone's going, hey, you know, like I talked when I talked to the Democrats out in California, they're going, well, we're not going to vote, but they don't know what the Republican Party is. It needs to be rebranded. It needs to be marketed. This is the common sense party. You don't, you do things, problem, solution, and what will it manifest to help all people? And, and they're, so we have the greatest thing going on. We don't even have to work for what is bad, how bad it is of what the Democrats are doing. All we have to do is show them what we could do, and it's easy. Ms. Ryan. Sure, well, a great way to lead minority outreach is to elect someone who is a minority. Uh, Harbeet was born actually in India, and her family immigrated here when she was two, and they came for the American dream. And she has been able to live that and has lived a, a wonderful, is, is so proud of her family's heritage, and they are so proud to be Americans. They were conservative activists in North Carolina as she grew up, which is what got her involved immediately when she went to college. But with the minority outreach, especially in respect to the RNC, they love to just tout this line of, of community centers, but they don't give any actual metrics. Okay, you open to, you say several community centers here, well, what numbers do we actually move here? And oftentimes the minority communities don't want to be pandered to. The Latino community doesn't want to be talking about is it Latinx or not. These are Catholic pro-life people that actually believe, so we need to do a better job of teaching them the conservative beliefs that we share with them. There is no, they should be a part of the conservative party. We have our arms wide open for anyone who believes in lower taxes and family values. That's ultimately what we come down to. It's also the same thing with the African American community. The biggest struggle facing the African American community, especially younger people, is where schools are teaching things like CRT. The biggest struggle is credit scores. And we need to have a conversation about that. As conservatives and people who are invested in, in fiscal conservatism, we should be teaching credit scores to these high schoolers because it is trapping people in communities in poverty, and it is very cruel and wrong. And it is the Democratic Party and their ridiculous regulations that they impose on people. Why not go in and do more community centers and go into schools and teach the credit scores so that they are able to get jobs and apartments? And if things like that, where we can teach conservative values to people starting at an early age and not just pander with something about community centers, that's the way that we can bring folks over to our team, I believe. All right, thank you. We'll now proceed to our last question. Then we're going to take a few questions from the audience. And then after that, we'll proceed to closing statements from each of the candidates. And so now let's, uh, final question, talk about the role of the RNC 168. 
Without question, uh, the 168, they do bring local and state level perspectives to this national committee process, so they're invaluable in that regard. In that vein, what do the two of you see as the role of the 168, and how do you wish to make their role even more consequential? And we will go with Ms. Wren. The the 168, again, it's a the state party chair of each state plus the national committee man and woman. And the reason it's not 150 is because it includes the territories in Washington, D.C. I think that the Republican Party is facing an existential crisis right now. And if you do not listen to the grassroots and what they want, which is change in leadership, then we will lose our party. They are not – if Ronna McDaniel is reelected, I think it is crazy to think that everyone will just come together. The entire evening lineup of Fox News has called for Ronna to resign. Every single grassroots organization that I know, they're sending thousands of emails to their RNC-168 members saying, we don't want change, we are demanding a change. Ten state parties have brought an actual vote in their executive committee saying either that Ronna should resign or formally endorse someone else. And those are just ten have brought it. Can you imagine all 50, if they brought it, it would actually pass. On top of that, the third pillar is donors. Harmeet's made about, we've had major donors this party. Patriots like Dick Uline and Bernie Marcus, the founder of Home Depot, have stepped up and said, I'm not going to give another penny unless you have a change in leadership. Nothing could be more unified than that message. This problem with these 168 members that I'm facing, and I know, Rich, we have you here, is that some of them are unwilling to listen. In fact, some of them, and, I, and some in Texas, the executive committee passed 67 to 0. This is who elects the 168 members, by the way. 67 to 0 that you have to vote for change in leadership of the RNC. And the national committee woman, Tony Ann Daschle, said, I don't care. I'm still voting for Rana. She gave me a position as the convention chair of a convention that didn't even happen in 2020. So my advice to you is that if your national, if your committee man or woman or your state party chair do not listen to you, and when I say you, I mean literally anyone, that everyone is unified saying that they want to change. If they don't listen, you should vote them out. Mr. Lindell. And, and as I've been talking to all the 168, I've learned, I've learned so much. And there's, there's some that are, they want, a lot of them want change, they're, that they're forgotten. But a lot of them were afraid. It's a great thing this is a secret ballot. And all of you that I know have said, hey, we should have an open ballot. I got calls from Michigan saying that. I said, absolutely not. Just think if there was a closed ballot for the, for the um, Speaker of the House, you'd have had a lot more than 20 going there. It would have been a big group because they're, they have fear. What am I, go- what was I promised? What was I promised? Or, or if I if I go against her, um, and uh, you know she's going to take away what was promised, or or they're forgotten. You know, you may, you have a state that's forgotten because they're maybe not as important. I believe the 168 heads are better than one. That's why I believe I can unify the ones that are considered established people. You know, establishment versus all the way ones that really care about the people, the grassroots, and combine them and have a blend there. That's going to be uh, because you're not going to, those people will be held accountable, but you got to get some change in there first. You have to get the change in. You have to, you go, you can't have the same input and expect the same output. And, and uh, I believe this, real quick, this just happened in South Dakota to tell you what you're up against. In South Dakota, all these precinct committee people got voted in this whole year by the tens of thousands we put them in. And uh, in South Dakota, it's about 800. They got voted in last June. So they didn't like it that now they had a vote and they voted out a Secretary of State who I didn't appreciate and voted in a great Secretary of State that was for the people. Well, 
So they they didn't like that in South Dakota. So they go, well, let's have a vote. This is two weeks ago to vote out the precinct, the precinct committee people to vote out that they could never vote again. Now, if that had went through, it would have destroyed the Republican Party. But we communicated, got the word out, and it got voted down, shut down. So you need transparency through all the 168 and hold them accountable. You know, the ones that are that are stuck in me. You know, you know why their agenda is not to do like you said about Texas, you know, what that doesn't make sense. It's what the people want. And you were voted in for the people. What happened to that part? Voted in for the people. You can't have other agendas. We're going to call you out each and every one of you. If you have your own hidden personal agenda, it's not going to happen anymore on our watch, all of our watch. All right, we'll now proceed to questions from the audience, and then at the conclusion of that, we will move back to closing statements from our campaigns. Okay, first question, you are... I'm part of a, a nonprofit organization here in California. Seems like we're the only group in California trying to get things started. I'm part of the recall of California gas tax, okay? I was also part of the Reform California Voter Integrity Act. Why is it we have to, here in California, John join nonprofit organizations to get things done. Why isn't the GOP doing something here in California? Mr. Lindell. That's a great question, and that's why I'm, that's just another reason why I'm up here wanting to be chair. That would not happen on my watch. Every state, you have, let me tell you, when you're in a business, think of this as a huge business. You got, if somebody calls with a problem, you better fix it. I told you all, I have 500 of my employees back at my pillow, have my direct phone number. They'll call me a deviation or a block or a problem. And you address it right then, and you know, and you don't just say, you know, you don't not answer that question. Every every state should be just like your own state, even if it's total. But you think it's total blue, and okay, let's just focus on the ones in this election. No, we're all in this together. Well, Harmeet is from California, and I think it has a lot of the same shared frustrations that you do as well. Um, as the national committee woman, there's not as much power as I would say as the, the actual party chair holds. But I will say that the actual party chair, Jessica Patterson, is another one who has said, I don't really care what, what you guys in this room think. I am voting for Ronna McDaniel. She's a friend. And that is fine. You're, you're welcome to be friends with Ronna. You're welcome to like Ronna. She's a perfectly nice person. You're welcome to think that Ronna McDaniel was loyal to President Trump. I was there. She was very loyal to President Trump. But this is not an election about friendships or loyalty is an election about winning again. And we are not winning under Rana, and we need to change that. And this is not your personal vote to give to your personal friend. You can, if you like Rana a lot, then you should elect her as Girl Scouts chair. We need to win elections. And Harmy Dillon is the right one to come in right now and work with Mike Lindell to once again win elections. And so for you and my advice to you in California with your national committeeman, Sean Steele, and your national and your party chair, Jessica Patterson, is tell them to do the right thing on Friday. And if they don't, run someone against them. Welcome to democracy. Your name and where you're from? Uh, John Gardner, originally Pittsburgh, uh, 10 minutes up the road right now. So. Sorry about the Steelers. Go ahead. <laughs> Me too. Uh, uh, so, um, you know, I think election integrity is the main reason all of us are here. And um, Mike uh, referred to the, uh, the fact that the China virus was used as 
kind of the reason to implement a wave of new election laws, but I haven't heard, that, that was just an excuse. The tool was emergency powers, which are still going on, and I haven't heard anybody or many people talking about guardrails being put in place and politicians giving up a little power maybe at the, <laughs> uh, sounds like a dr pipe dream, but uh, <laughs> what, 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 what's the thought on emergency powers and how are you gonna limit them to, so this can't happen again? Thank you. Yeah. Well, you've got you've to, yeah, you've got to get the, this all will have to be looked at, but you've got to start winning this stuff in courts. You've got to start winning, and we are winning. You're just not hearing about all the hope, the stuff that's going on. And uh, here in California, you, you know, in California was the number one state that votes were stolen in the 2020 election. Almost 2 million votes, everybody. I don't care. You can write that down, Mr. Huffington. You know, um, this is disgusting, and and... And it, it, we all have to, you know, all of that has to be looked at in the courts, and we have to fix, you know, it, and it's not overwhelming. We can do it. And uh, so it, it'll be there. March of 2020, you saw um, a barrage of lawsuits starting to be filed, and they were filed strategically in counties that the Democrats knew they needed to win by 10 points or more. And what was fascinating, actually, was that uh, there was a book written by David Pluff uh, during around basically that exact same time. And it was, uh, if you remember David Pluff, who's Obama's campaign manager, it was a citizen's guide to defeating Donald Trump. It was an online book. I was probably the only one to really read at that time. But he literally lays out exactly what they plan to do county by county and said, screw, screw these other places, just focus on Philadelphia, different places. We have to change the rules and up our vote there. And that's exactly what they did. Under the guise of COVID, they went in and sued to change the election laws and to take over those. But when you change the laws in those states and do automatic registration and printing all the ballots, well, these county elections don't have the money to pay for that. We'll enter Mark Zuckerberg with his $500 million. And guess who is managing Mark Zuckerberg's money? David Pluff, the same guy who wrote literally a playbook saying this is what we're going to do. The Democrats are not hiding this. They're doing it in the open, in public. They talk about it. And we are sitting here twiddling our thumbs and not recognizing that we are at war with a unified left that is going to take us down and do anything impossible to do it. So no, nothing has changed. They went in and they sued only in the places they needed to win. They automatically registered everyone in doing it. They used COVID as excuse to do it. They had Mark Elias as their attorney. And then we did nothing to fix it after 2020. Once we figured this out, genius attorneys such as Phil Klein and others wrote endless reports about it. What did Ronna McDaniel do to fix any of it? We just went into the 2020 election and Ronna's on TV saying we had bad candidates and it's Herschel Walker's fault. And it was not bad candidates. It is not real elections. We have to recognize that and either play the game the Democrats are playing or fold up shop and go home. Okay, folks, we have run out of time, so we're going to do the closing statements uh, after we're done. But I want to thank everybody for being here today, and I want to thank uh, Caroline Wren for coming in for her meet. Thank you, Caroline. I want to thank Mike Lindell for coming here. we got to go right now. Coming up next, you're in the war room. Will the lack of a red wave during the midterms lead to a more emboldened Biden? more wasteful government spending, higher taxes, the deepening of inflation? And how do you protect your hard-earned savings from chaotic financial markets? The answer, by diversifying your retirement savings with real physical precious metals with Birch Gold Group. Text Bannon to 989898 for a free info kit on protecting your savings with gold in a tax-sheltered account. Birch Gold has almost 20 years' experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metal IRAs. Text Bannon to 989898 and claim your free, no-obligation info kit. Don't let the left devalue your savings. 
own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account from Birch Gold. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands and thousands of satisfied customers. Text Bannon to 989898 and secure your future with gold. Do it today. Take action. Use your agency. Stephen K. Bannon. We're in Dana Point. We're in Dana Point, California. Welcome to the War Room. Steve Bannon, thanks for being with us. Let's give him a big hand. Steve, you got about 100 people here, came down on the War Room Posse, the John Fredericks Media Network, drove here, overflowed room, we're packed, they're War Room fans, and they want to hear closing statements from Carolyn Wren and from Mike Lindell. So we're going to start off. Thank you. Uh, by the way, Steve, thank you for, I know I had to talk to your agent to get 15 minutes of your War Room time. Thank you for doing that. It was a tough <laughs> negotiation, but you're always there for us brother and thank you let's start off with our closing statements running for rnc chair which is a totally corrupt organization as far as i'm concerned let's start with mike lindell okay well every everyone uh you know we went through all this and i've been talking to 168 i went with over 60 of them last night and alone and i i bring being a messenger a brander and a marketer everything i've seen so far as i've looked at these uh, at, at what the it takes to be the RNC chair. I've already done this stuff. I've done it in real life. One of the things, the RNC is like this huge business and one of the most important businesses we have in our country. And we're at a critical time where we have to have a different input to get a different output and save this country. And one of the things I will view every state like my only state or every territory like my only territory, I've already told them all, I'll be flying around going in. Every state is different. You want to talk about marketing and make and uh, with fundraising, people will want to pour money into the RNC in its new form. We have to fix all these things that needed to be fixed and I've, and I've, that I've asked the 168, what needs to be fixed? What do you see? I have 168 heads or better than one. I've got it piled up and going, well, that's easy. That's easy. This one will work. But they all got to be done on a parallel track. And, and I think, uh, wait, this being a, this huge company, you have to look at uh, deviations and, and and communication just to communicate. And one of the things I've found is that you, there might be something good going on over in Maine, and you don't hear about it over in Utah or vice versa. And a lot of these states were being ignored because maybe they don't, they're not deemed important. And this with the RNC, the money. I used to be a big donor, and I, you donate money. When I find out that almost half of it was going to fundraising, the fundraiser, the the uh, whoever's being the the contractor to go uh, get the get the uh, the contracts or whatever to for each individual state, you have all these things going on, and that's just too much over. That's crazy. So you fix these things. But more importantly is you have to fix our election platforms, which I've been, there's nobody better at that. I've been doing it for two years 
And we're already getting there. We've had great things going on right now. You just don't hear about them. So being able to communicate that out and all of us uniting the Republican Party, I've told you today how we would unite all the people, including Democrats, pouring over and educating them on what our party stands for. And you do that, and we're going to have the biggest party. This country is 70% red if you remove all the all the garbage and all the corruption and everything. It's 70% red, and it's getting redder every day. here to be able to represent Harmeet, who's at the meeting right now uh, doing some official business. And I want to thank John for organizing this and uh, for Rich for being a, a committee man and for being here and doing this as well. And I'd like to thank Mike and Katie Hobbs. Oh, sorry. I mean, Rana McDaniel, um, uh, who decided this should have been a public debate. The, the country, the, the party is not going well. We are not heading in the right direction. This should have been a debate that happened in public with you and audience and have the different ideas between Harmeet Dillon and Rana McDaniel and Mike Lindell and the only reason that did not happen is because Ronna McDaniel knew that she could not stand on her record of failure three consecutive cycles in a row and did not want to face you, the people, to talk about that. And instead is having a closed-door session with 168 people who will not elect, they will select, who is going to be the next leader of this party. And we have to recognize that, and I'm speaking now directly to these 168 members who are going to make this decision. If you think that the party is headed in the right direction right now and is doing successful, then I have some beachfront property in Arizona to sell you. We have lost in 2018, 2020, and 2022. We have not lost because of bad candidates. We have lost because of bad leadership. We are set up to fail right now, and we are sending our candidates into unwinnable environments, and that is a direct result of a failed, top-down, consultant-led strategy that pushes money towards failed, corrupt things such as television ads and direct mail, and not towards the grassroots and getting ballots into ballot boxes. Ultimately, that is what the responsibility of the Republican National Committee is to do, is to win elections. It has not been winning elections, and there's time for new leadership, and I believe that that person is Harmeet Dillon with Mike Lindell right by her side. Those two people together, they can land this plane right now for our country and for our party, and we all do need to come together and unify, and we need to unify against Ronna McDaniel's candidacy and for new leadership at the RNC. I would encourage you to talk to any 168 member that you know and tell them to please, please vote for change on Friday. I believe that change is Harmeet Dillon, and so thank you very much for having us, and have a wonderful day. John Fredericks and the entire team. Let me start that again. Now that my mic's on, we're we're shifting coverage here to Washington D.C. We got the Joe Kent in the room. You see there uh, for our nationwide and uh, podcast audience, radio audience, and for everybody watching Real America's Voice for the last hour and a half. There's actually been something that's been quite unique: a debate that the public was invited to, and you saw all the war room posse there in uh, Southern California. That's Orange County down near Dana Point. 
were at the Waldorf Astoria, the former, I think it was the St. Regis um, Hotel on Monarch Bay, or that great golf course, uh, at twelve hundred bucks a night. Uh, they've had a, uh, they've had the, um, uh, they're having the winter meetings where they're going to vote for the RNC chair, Harmie Dillon, who actually is a subcommittee chair, so that's why she couldn't be there. This debate had uh, our own Mike Lindell. And, of course, uh, Caroline Wren, who you've seen a bunch of times. She's running the Harmeet. John Fredericks of John Fredericks Radio Network ran this. Uh, and uh, incredibly impressive. That's why we gave him extra time. We, first of all, we gave him the 15 minutes to open the show because the close it was fantastic. And then we gave him additional time. And, and the reason was the debate was historic, and it was amazing. And I can't believe that the RNC – I mean, Joe, this is the problem. They got to understand it. There's not some hermetically sealed little club. There's supposed to be a marking. I mean, Mike Mike Lindell said it. You know, he's a guy that started selling pillows that he got a uh, a patent on out of the back of his trunk at uh, at uh, flea markets, and now it's you know a multi billion dollar company. Um, but he understands marketing, and this kind of thing should have been normal course of business. They shouldn't have had to go off what two and a half miles over to the Marriott. Um, they should have just had it right there at the space. Tell me your 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 assessment coming out of a hard fought campaign, which quite frankly it is obscene that we lost that. But tell me your assessment as a candidate that was in the fight for a couple of years and now is already reannounced of your assessment of the RNC. Yeah, like we we need change at the RNC. I was honored to endorse uh, Harmeet Dillon already because look, the, the RNC at the at the end of the day, they just were not able to marshal resources properly, get them to the candidates who need them in the fight. I was outspent, you know, really six to one in the general election. We had a hard fought primary. I understand why the RNC stayed out of that, but once we arrived in the general, we simply just couldn't get the resources that we needed. We told the RNC that we needed help reaching out to eighty thousand low propensity Republican voters in the district. We already had these people. Identified, we said we just needed the resources to reach out and make sure they show up at the polls. The RNC came back at us with some catch twenty two that they couldn't help us out because we weren't using the vendors that they were using. So at the end of the day, what was the RNC's priority? Was Hold it, it, was it to is win it, the is, race? Is, is this off Matt Brainer, who's your campaign manager, yeah. General GC? Yeah, he wrote this incredible piece over at American Greatness yep. that outlined this. Yeah, Matt outlines it greatly. So let, let me let me understand this. You. In, in, a, in a district that's MAGA, yep. right, uh, you're running as a combat veteran, probably, I think, one of the best candidates, you and Eli and Caroline, you know, super MAGA candidates. You've got a, a competitive race because they're smart enough to run a faux populist, right, against you, right? You know, she's the one that owns – she's an auto mechanic or runs the thing. So they, 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 they understand how to market, yep. right? They know that. Yep. You go to the RNC and say, hey, look, there's 80,000 80, low-propensity Trump right. voters. Yep. We know who they are. We need the resources because those guys, you've got to reach out to them. They're not just going to yeah. show up because that's why they're low propensity. Yeah, they're the folks that normally don't vote in midterms. We had them identified. Again, we, we arrived in the, in the general with no money because we spent it all just getting through the hard-fought primary. And again, they came back with some catch-22. Well, you're not using our vendors, so technically we can't come and help you. I like to what say is, that – What does vendors have to do with it? And this was the, the could they ever this answer was, that question? Like, who no, cares? This is the rationale. I'm sure Matt can probably go into more detail, but this is the rationale they use this. And we're sitting there, like, in the fight trying to raise funds just to re- reach these people. And the Democrats have a fresh war chest. I mean, I like to say that the, the Democrats are not the majority of my district, but the Democrats did a good job of the mechanics. They got they no, got ballots they, in front of their voters. They ballot harvested. I, I disagree with everything these people stand for, but they get it. I Gangsters, mean, they know yeah. how to. They're, they're in the ballot generation business. Absolutely right, and they. It, 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 trust me, your opponent, as, as much as they're trying to build her up here in the in this city, 
uh, if she had called and when she reached out to the DNC, he said, hey, there's low propensity. There are not many Democrats. There's low propensity. I need I can reach them, but I need money to do it. Boom. She had a, how much money? She, she outspent you what? Oh, six to one. Yeah, six absolutely. To one. I mean, Nancy six Pelosi, to one. You know, Nancy Pelosi gave her about a million dollars like right away. So they had they had no issues reaching out to their low propensity Democrats. OK, uh, we're going to take a short commercial break. We've got Joe Kent. We're going to spend uh, time. We're going to talk to Joe about the Intelligence Committee, about the guys on who's off Omar, Ukraine. All the topics. Joe's announced he's already running again. We're going to get into it. Also talk about this incredible debate. Really want to thank Real America's Voice, Parker Sig, the entire team, John Fredericks. Incredible debate right there. Historic. Never been done before at the RNC. Uh, although slightly off-site, it was uh, on target. Be back in a moment. A lot of people complain about the state of our country or the way woke corporations treat us and their employees, but it's not enough to complain. We need to change the way the marketplace works, and that starts with you and where you spend your money. In less than a year, Public SQ has grown to be the largest platform of patriotic, freedom-loving businesses the world has ever seen. Whether you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against COVID mandates, or a bank that would never counsel you, counsel you for your political views, Public SQ is your guide. There's also interactive, sensor-free community groups where you can connect with other local members. Here's the best part. It's absolutely, totally free to join. Just go to publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Public, the word, the letters sq.com, and download the app today, totally free. Simply create an account and begin your search. You can also list your business for free, so your local community can start to support you. We can't always change the world, but we can change how and where we spend our hard-earned dollars. Begin your search at Public Square today. Go to publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Your host, Stephen K. Bannon. This is purely about political vengeance. The cost is not only removing us from the committee. On the Intelligence Committee, the cost is not only breaking, shattering the most precious glassware in the cabinet, a committee that's always been bipartisan. The cost are the death threats that Ms. Omar, myself, and Mr. Schiff keep getting because Mr. McCarthy continues to aim and project these smears against us. Even though we have said publicly these smears are bringing death threats, he continues to do it, which makes us believe that there's an intent behind it. But we will not be quiet. We're not going away. I think he'll regret giving all three of us more time on our hands. You are going away, and it's not a smear. We should, what, what McCarthy should do is do the unclassified uh, version of the uh, of Fang Fang, the, uh, the um, Chinese Communist Party asset, Intel asset that he had a relationship with. Let's get it all out there. It's not a smear. It's fact. And I'm tired of his the continual whining of this guy. 
Joe Kent, would you support a? Uh, would you support if you were in the House right now? Would you support what Kevin McCarthy's doing? Absolutely, and I, I really think uh, Speaker McCarthy should be commended for kicking them off the committees, taking that bold stance, and then really going out there and explaining it to the media in very simple terms. Exactly, talk to me, why talk to he's me doing about it. that last night. That hadn't, that has not been done, and McCarthy, yeah. to his credit, stood up Absolutely. there and backed that reporter Absolutely. down. Absolutely, the reporter's trying to grill him. Yeah, like and it, it, talk to him about a second. Because first time we've been at yeah. this thing for a couple of years. First time everybody looked into a camera, said, "Hey." Yeah. Here's exactly because so many people said, "Well, I didn't know that about Swalwell. I didn't yeah. know that about uh, Shifty Shift." He came. I mean, he came right out there, and the reporters tried to give him some gotcha question, and he simply explained that, "Look, Eric Swalwell was in a compromised relationship with a foreigner who is a member of an intelligence service." Now, in the intelligence community where I came from, you couldn't get a job as a barista in the Starbucks of the lobby at, at the CIA if you had that in your SF eighty six, your security clearance documents. And then Adam Shift, I think, is even more egregious because he was the head of the intel. Community who kept telling the American people, lying to the American people, saying that he had evidence that he just couldn't show us. We had to trust him. He had evidence that Trump was secretly a, a Russian asset, you know, the Russian compromise, all that nonsense, just abusing the tools and abusing his security clearance. So both of them were rightfully kicked off their committee. What about Omar? Omar, I mean, she, all the anti-Semitic stuff she said, the, the sympathies with you know, Al-Qaeda, I mean, there's no reason for her to be on what about there. A more also, form, what about yeah. a more formal investigation about, look, it's always been said about her, the immigration, she's here illegally, she married a brother. Yeah. Is it time to put that information out too? 100%. I mean, look, when you, when you have a security clearance and you're given access to information, you have to disclose a lot about your life and then who you're married to and how that marriage took place. Like, that's under scrutiny. And by the way, let, her, let, let her defend it if it's not true. If it smears, yeah. if Swalwell says a smear, I think Kevin McCarthy and people, you got to redact the classified sections Absolutely. of it. But there's plenty you can put out there and they ought to do it. If they're going to make a big deal that Kevin McCarthy is basically bringing death threats on me. I think McCarthy and his team ought to step up here and say and call their bluff. And you're right, you're 100% right about Schiff. They shouldn't have security. First off, I think they should have their security clearances stripped from them. Let's talk about uh, how many combat tours did you do? I did 11 combat tours. 11 combat tours. Uh, wife uh, killed in action, Absolutely. correct? Yep. Killed in Syria. So, so you're a gold star uh, husband, gold star father. Yep. How are the children doing? They're doing good, keeping me busy. Two, are they? Two little boys, yeah. Talk to me about Ukraine. You got the hundred first. You got hundred first forward deployed into Europe for the first time since the the end of World War II. They're on in Romania. We announced last night, and Biden confirmed it. Thirty one Abrams tanks. I got to talk to Mo. I think that's close to the number she took over in fourteen, which shows you how they were thinking through what they were going to do here. Right? They took them to the Baltics. Um, you've got. Uh, that's going to take maintenance. You've done this drill before. That's going to take support, logistics, log logisticians, as Mo was. It's going to take support, maintenance, training. Is it is it feasible, sir, with your experience? I know you're not armor, but is it feasible to put the to put the M1 Abrams tank with the with the gas turbine engines and as advanced as that is, and just turn it over to guys with six weeks of training and hope that Joe can't slay? Is that feasible, sir? No, it's it's not. I mean, and any time we've tried that, it's been a, a catastrophic failure. I mean, when you see big arms packages like this, especially with something like the Abrams tanks or even the Bradley Infantry Fighting Vehicles, you have to look at not just the initial cost of how much it's going to cost the taxpayers, money we don't have to go over there, but also, like you said, the logistical trail. I mean, those Abrams tanks are – they take a good deal of upkeep. Big and lit. so this is a huge payday for the military-industrial complex. And again, has anybody explained yet to the American people what we're risking World War III for? Like what's – 
big picture, why are we doing any of well, this? Well, if you were in Congress right now, would you demand that Joe Biden come through and like let's have a golf of tongue King Russell? But come forward, you got to make a you have to make a formal presentation. Yes. To the House of Representatives as the founders wanted, sir? Absolutely. I mean, there's a reason why the founders didn't give one guy in the White House, regardless of what party he's in, the ability to take us off to war. That's supposed to be done in hold Congress. Hold according to the didn't give a guy named General Washington, who had already, already won a pretty, a yeah. pretty big war, right? They said, no, you still got to go to the people's house and you got to make your case, yeah, right? Absolutely. Um, the, the, right now, there's a siege in front of Bakhmut that they're fighting, a yeah. death struggle there. Uh, Zelensky doesn't want to back off from that. But the CIA director goes over there. Austin's over there. You got uh, Milley, and they're talking him into pivoting. Right. They're going to supply big armor, right. and we're going to pl- we're going to have maneuver warfare in the spring when the roads get firm, and they're going to sweep down in armored columns to take Crimea. As a as a combat veteran with eleven combat tours, having seen this rodeo before, what's the probability of success there, sir? Uh, if you just look at our last 20 years of war, and I was a part of these last 20 years of war, anytime you get generals in Washington, D.C. saying they have some great new campaign plan of how especially a different culture is going to fight, it blows up catastrophically in our face. And again, how do we even lie to the American people that we're not at war with Russia right now when you have that military package that's over there, you have the CIA director that's over there? I mean, at what point are we going to be in a, in a circumstance where now we're staring down Putin potentially t- towards a nuclear war and none of this has been explained to the American people? Breaking news, uh, President Zelensky, after he said thank you, thank, thanks for the tanks, he then said, hey, we need jets and we need long-range missiles. Jets and long-range missiles, and we need rockets for the jets. We've got to, we've got to be able to strike into Russian territory. How quickly is this going to metastasize? I mean, you fought in some pretty bad neighborhoods. How quickly is this going to metastasize? I mean, this is, this is only going to get worse. More Ukrainians are going to get thrown into the meat grinder and killed. And then again, I mean, now that we have Americans that are going to be doing these weapons deliveries, these logistical packages, we had an American, an American volunteer that was over there just get killed. I mean, at what point does this go hot? And look, no one. An AWOL. No, an AWOL. An AWOL, an AWOL, AWOL yeah, give me a break. Right. But no one can. First of all, they know every guy in the country. And America's given $100 billion. The probability you had an AWOL seal is what, Joe Kent? I, I mean, I, I've never that, – that was the first thing I said. I was like, I haven't really heard of an AWOL Navy SEAL before. I, mean, I was a Green Beret, so maybe it's something a little bit different. But, I mean, look, anybody right now saying that they can predict what's going to happen next is lying 100 percent. Like all the folks over in on the Hill or in the Pentagon saying like, hey, we're just providing advisors. We're just providing weapons. This thing won't escalate. They have no idea. They're playing with fire. No, it's the fog of war. This is It looks like Vietnam, Iraq, and Afghanistan all over again. We haven't learned a lesson. Folks in Washington 3 – what is their what is their assessment of what we should be doing in Ukraine today? Look, most people in Washington 3, just like most folks throughout the entire country, this economy is absolutely destroying them. Crime is out of control. They know that our southern border is open. Massive fentanyl epidemic. So really, most people are wondering. They feel they feel sympathy for the Ukrainian people. We have a, a huge Slavic uh, community uh, in our district. They, I was honored to have the endorsement of Slavic vote, our biggest uh, Slavic voting bloc. However, most people in the district wonder, how can our government continue to send billions and billions of dollars over to a far-flung country when we have so many problems, so here even, at home. even the Slavic community, what they would like is the is 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 the is Biden to come forward, Biden to come forward and actually and actually uh, and actually make a presentation. 
You know, what's interesting about the Slavic community, uh, the folks that I talk to, they really just want the killing to stop. And they understand that American oligarchs in the defense industry and that Russian oligarchs and Ukrainian oligarchs right now are the ones that are benefiting while innocent Ukrainian men, women and children are being killed every single day. So when we talk about working both sides to the negotiating table, that's really what I, I think kind of won over uh, won me over with a lot of them because they want the killing to stop. They want peace. Uh, I'm going to get to your campaign because you're a guest up until the end of the hour. I don't think we're going to be able to go back to uh, Southern California. I think they're they're tearing it down and guys are moving on. Uh, but we'll get to all those people uh, tomorrow, Caroline Rent, Mike Lindell, and John Fredericks. Uh, I want to bring in Dr. Is Dr. Harvey Rish up. Dr. Rish, because we had the debate, we're going to be able to spend more time tomorrow. But I had to get you on here. I was reading your emails uh, and seeing what you're putting out. Talk to me about uh, the latest information they're putting out now tomorrow's i guess the vote day for the fda on the on the on the on the uh what the the bivalent uh, booster what is your assessment sir of where we are in this and what would be dr harvey risha's recommendation well the bivalent booster has already failed because it was targeted for substrains of omicron that have largely disappeared from circulation in the u.s and that's the problem because we don't have seasonality on COVID uh, waves. In fact, we're not seeing a wave, so to speak, uh, this winter like we've seen waves in the past, but there's a little bump, but it's not really a wave. So uh, the, uh, the vaccines take three or four months to make and distribute. And by the time they do that, the, the variants are, are long gone or mostly gone. And that's the problem that they lose efficacy, both because they're targeted against the wrong variants and because over time, the, all the, the vaccines lose efficacy, as the CDC reported on August 11th. So it, it's, you just can't keep, catch up and, and it doesn't provide a service to keep jabbing people over and over again. And certainly will be completely useless doing it on an annual basis when these things only have a potential benefit for a few months at most. Okay, but this this is what the thing tomorrow is. Is going to say they want to make it like the flu shot you go to CVS and get. They want to make it annually. And there, I think, the, look, this is your field, not mine. But they're going to study all the variants and make the batches in the spring or in June to be ready to go in in, a, in like two months. Is that is that the plan? Is, is that counter your argument, or you think that just shows the the the, the insanity that FDA is pursuing here? I think it's unrealistic. I think that that to make the um, vaccines and, and distribute them in two months is feasible, but by two months after, it takes a while for them to know which are the variants that are going to be in circulation because new variants are always turning up and there's you know a dozen at any given time that are the major new ones and in order to know that one of them is going to surpass the others it, it takes a while for that to happen and once that point is reached it those variants will peak in in about six to eight weeks and so by the time two months has gone by when the when the vaccines are out it's already past the peak uh, of the ones that they were calibrated for you have to remember that uh, annual boosters are not an emergency that these vaccines were approved under emergency status, under EUA authorization, but there is no emergency for annual vac vaccines. And, and so the there's been no full BLA, the biological license authorization, licensure of these vaccines in the United States. The ones that have been licensed aren't available. The community is not available, only the EUA version. And that's not appropriate in 
a non-emergency situation, which is the case of annual vaccinations. So none of this makes sense. All The whole thing doesn't make any sense at all. We're going to have you back on tomorrow. We're going to work your schedule to get you back on with the FDA's uh, meeting. Until then, Dr. Rush, how can people get to you? I know you got a channel of Telegram. Where, where can people get you there and other places? The easiest way is to Google me at Yale, Rish, R-I-S-C-H, and Yale, Y-A-L-E. And that has my faculty page. And on that page is my Telegram link. It's, it's Harvey Rish, MD, PhD is the Telegram link. But that's a lot to remember. So it's easier just to Google me. Is it still, real quickly, do the students at Yale have to get the booster by the 31st so they can't come back? That is correct. That's the current status of, of the Yale requirement. Look forward to talking to you tomorrow, Dr. Rish. We'll work out to make sure we accommodate your schedule. Dr. Harvey Rish uh, from Yale, thank you very much, sir. Honored to have you on here. Joe Kent uh, is going to tell us about the status of his race as he runs for Congress in the House, in the war room. Short commercial break. Back in a moment. Thanks to your support, Patriot Mobile has emerged as one of the leaders in the parallel economy, and they have big news. Patriot Mobile now offers services with all three major networks. This means if you're with the big three and like the service but hate their values, you can access them with Patriot Mobile. They also offer a performance guarantee. If you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch between the three major carriers for free. Patriot Mobile. America's only Christian conservative wireless provider offers nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks. So you get the same great service while supporting a company that fights to preserve our God-given rights and freedoms. This new year, resolve to stop supporting companies that don't align with your values. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Just go to patriotmobile.com Bannon. That is PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon, or call them at 878-PATRIOT. That's 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code Bannon. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon, or call 878-PATRIOT. Do it today. Take action. Use your agency. Has arrived. The new social media taking on big tech protecting free speech and canceling cancel culture join the marketplace of ideas the platform for independent thought has arrived superior technology no more selling your personal data no more censorship no more cancel culture enough getter has arrived it's time to say what you want the way you want download now Okay, uh, go on Getter. We're live streaming all the time. I've got the total immersive experience on all of our accounts, our contributors' account. You can get all the inside baseball, including on Joe Kent. Joe, first off, you just heard Dr. Rish, one of the most stable, profound voices in this. What are f- folks out in Washington 3, where, where are their heads right now about the pandemic? Well, look, we actually held on to the pandemic and the lockdowns for a lot longer, unfortunately, than, than a lot of the states did. And we had a, a lot of first responders, a lot of folks in the private sector who lost their jobs because they refused to take this vaccine. And now we're seeing as more time goes on that, you know, the vaccine is harming people. So people, what are people, what are people, what are people that got blown out of, of, of their jobs or had their education? 
that didn't take the vax, what's their sense right now of where this is headed? They're still furious. I mean, we fear that because Jay Inslee will either you know pick his selector or uh, his successor or get reelected, that the lockdowns could come back. Inslee the other day said that he still wasn't going to rehire people, wasn't going to rehire first responders that lost their job for refusing to take the vaccine. As a matter of fact, when we had wildfires in our district, um, we had a shortage of wildland firefighters that could actually go out there because of the vax mandate. You were chief warrant officer. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many years in? I was in for 20. 20 years. Yeah. Retired at 20? Retired at 20 and did a year at the CIA. CIA in 11, in 11 uh, combat tours? Yep. Uh, your friends, colleagues, or children colleagues that had the VAX problem, and what do they think of so far? You don't have the VAX, but no, no back pay, no reinstatement. What, what, what's, what's, what's the, where are they right now? Well, it's a step in the right direction. They said they're going to get rid of the VAX mandate at the federal level. But again, this, this really affected guys' lives. People left the military. Uh, people had their ability to get promoted, halted, to deploy, to go to schools. So this crushed lives right now. And so people want to see that they're going to be made whole once more. They're really enthusiastic what Speaker McCarthy put out, that he's going to reinstate, that they're going to lift the mandate. So they're happy with the improvement um, so far, but they want to see the back pay and, and people uh, to get what's coming to them. The issues you ran on are the top issues today and quite frankly yeah. with the six and the 20 and and hey I, I you know give McCarthy a chance you know he was the cartel head but so far I think it's been pretty impressive particularly yeah, who's on the committees what's happening on the thing it's far from perfect um, but when you see these issues out there like for instance the debt ceiling where would where would your head be on the debt ceiling right now and most importantly where are the people in Washington three on the debt ceiling you know when you go out and, and talk to people in my district or really anywhere one of the things that frustrates them the most about Congress or about our government is that they never really have to submit or adhere to a budget that they can just continue to print money and it's all on us so when you go and you talk to people they say this is just ridiculous why can't they just come to us and say this is what the plan is to balance the budget and you know look most people they are smart enough to see through this shell game immediately the Democrats say you have us to balance the budget, they're going to starve grandmother. They're going to take away Social Security and Medicaid. Most people understand that that's just a game. They understand that we take in what close to five trillion in yeah. tax revenue. Yeah. Like they and, and for the Democrats to say we won't even show you what the budget, the plan is to get on no track mo- no to a financial budget, model. no right. model whatsoever. You think that's ridiculous. just give us more money? You would demand that? Absolutely, you have to demand. By the way, every person in the, in the it, county that has a business or has anything, yes. no, no, they have to do their every own house, model. Yeah, every, every household, household yeah. has to bu- budget. Yeah, why? You know, and my phone's blowing up of people that are, are said, hey, he personally called me afterwards and thanked me for my help and assistance. Why is someone that's dedicated 20 years of their life and not sitting behind a desk out in the field, then do a CIA in defense of their country, what your family has given up? And I can tell you, because I know this guy, the two years you spent in a brutal primary and then a, a, a even a more brutal general election. Why do, does Joe Kent want to do it again? Look, I don't have a choice. Uh, I I served my country since I was 18 years old, and we are about to lose our nation. We're losing more and more of it every single day. So I really think this is a call to action for every single patriot out there who understands that people like that I served with, like my late wife, and then generations of 13 generations of Americans before us gave their life for this country, and we cannot stand by and watch it get burned down by these people. We have to go fight tooth and nail. The folks in Washington three, if you ask them today. What are the two or three things on the top of their mind that they want to see changed in Washington about this entire culture 
and about uh, where our, where the nation is and where politics are. What do you th- what would they tell you? I mean, the economic situation right now, inflation. I mean, your working class families, middle class families losing over a month of wages, and that number just keeps getting bigger and bigger. People want to have actual economic stability back in their lives. They they people remember 2019. It wasn't that long ago. They remember what the economy could be. They don't want to pay four or five dollars a gallon for gasoline. Crime is another one, absolutely out of control. We're basically a border state because Oregon and Washington are both sanctuary cities. Portland's right to our south. Seattle's to our north. Crime is out of control. Petty crime, serious violent crime. It's not safe to send your kids to go play in the playground anymore down the street. And so people, they they can see. Is that the Washington state that these people fought for? Is that the Washington state that people moved there to actually enjoy the beauty of that state and the great folks out there? No, it's it's, it's not at all. And we can see more and more of it just getting squandered every single day. Your, your opponent, because she talks a good game, she's a populist. I, I got that part of it. But correct me if I'm wrong. She votes in lockstep with, with yes. these folks, right? Yeah. On every important vote so far, she's voted in lockstep with the Democratic Party. Yeah, she, she votes with Hakeem Jeffries, exactly how they, they tell her to vote. She she talks endlessly about how she's a small business owner, but she voted to preserve Joe Biden's 87,000 IRS agents that are going to target the working class and the middle class. She is really outspoken about being pro-choice, pro-abortion. However, she went as far as voting against the Born Alive Act. So she she's good with depriving care to a, an infant that survives an abortion, which I know that that is a stance that's even too far, too radical for most people that consider themselves to be pro-choice. And also on the drugs thing, she talked about the catalytic converters, but the real problem with that is the meth and the fentanyl meth and, and all fentanyl that. And and shutting the border and going, and going after. Would you designate, they just designate the Wagner Group, a transnational criminal organization, no doubt about that. But would you designate the cartels a transnational or terrorist organization? Absolutely. I mean, look, if the military industrial complex wants a war, we have one on our southern border. Our country's being invaded. About 300 uh, Americans are getting killed every day by fentanyl. So, yeah, absolutely. Designate the Mexican drug cartels as a terrorist organization and let's go after them. 30 seconds. Tell us where to go. How can people support you? Yep. Go to JoeKentForCongress.com. Anything you can give. The War Room Posse got me through that last race. I know they're going to help me out again. JoeKentForCongress.com. Any kind of donation. And if you can make it a monthly reoccurring donation, that's really going to help us out. Warrant, uh, thank you. Thank honored you. to have you in here. Thank you for stopping by. Thanks, brother. I, I hear your uh, your trip here to D.C. has been enormously successful, so good good on you. And there are so many people who are so glad that you're running again. It shows real dedication to the country. Stick honored. around at 6 o'clock. Uh, Joe Allen, we got amazing footage on Ray Epps. Jim Hoff's going to be here. Incredible discussion that's going to come up. Talking Mika is all of a sudden, she's all worried about AI. Joe Allen's here to explain it all to you. And then Joe Jim Hoft with this amazing footage, hidden footage of Ray Epps on uh, January 6th. Back in a moment in the war room. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger, better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. 
Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.